to all you wonderful people who are looking to level up your loot and make some cash. I'm Tanya Tate and this week on MILFs Making Money, we are talking about my new breast surgery. Ooh. Why I got it, how my body enhancement is an investment in myself and how I am monetizing it. Today's question is how can you protect your content online against piracy? And joining me to discuss it is Reva Rocket, Chief Operating Officer, Chief Marketing Officer of Takedown Piracy, who will be sharing her advice on what to do when you discover your content is stolen and being used online by pirates and catfishers. I feel tired sometimes. I get exhausted. And, you know, I know that you feel the same. Oh, God. Sometimes I just want to, like, throw it all in the ocean and say, Sada. But just keeping the grind up 24 7, it's exhausting. I know that you feel me on this. I'm a mom. I'm a businesswoman. I'm someone that has to keep working. Just getting this podcast started today. I was almost in tears. I'm sitting there prepping it and my brain just wasn't focusing properly today. You know, I know what I want to talk about, but getting it structured and formatted today is, it just seems to take a lot out of me. If you are listening, what I want you to do with me right now is take a nice deep breath. focus on the positive because you know what we have a great show ahead and we are going to start it off by talking about boobies you love them fans love them I love them now let's talk about my boobies and why I had mine done I finally took to having surgery I had a baby I breastfed my boobs were not like they were when I first started in my career but I really needed to get them done I wanted to feel good about myself. You know, my little boy is the greatest thing in my life, but I wanted to feel myself. I wanted my body back. Um, For me, for my fans, for those that give me money, I wanted to be in tip-top shape. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. So after 15 years of these implants sitting on my chest, it was time to get the girls replaced Now, I've been wanting to get them done for like the last two years, but with all the COVID restrictions going on, and of course, my own personal autoimmune condition, I have chronic Lyme disease, um, which is like a chronic fatigue. I kept wanting to book it in, but I had to keep checking, you know, with my Lyme disease doctor. Is it time yet? Is it time yet, Dr. Moses? Is it time yet, Dr. Moses? Can I get my boobs done? Not yet. Not yet. Every three months. And then he was like, okay. Yes, I was like, yes. Oh, finally, I got the go ahead. So I started by researching the surgeons, asking questions to other doctors. I wanted to, you know, find the right person for the job. And I wanted to make sure the final look is what I visualize. Something that is achievable and will make me cash. So, you know, for me, I went to talk to a a bunch of doctors. There's a specific website, actually, that I used at realself.com. And on there, there's a lot of doctors that are on there that will give you advice and answer questions. They're not going to be doing your surgery because they're probably the other side of America. I got on there, I started researching, looking at the questions, 
asking other girls, looking at photos, deciding, you know, the look that you want. There's a lot of things with boobs. You know, are you going to go under the muscle? Are you going to go over the muscle? What size are you going to get? What type of implants are you going to get? There's so many questions as well that you need to ask yourself. Really important to research and then do the consults. And, you know, what final look do you want? Do you want it to be a conservative look or a very enhanced look? For me, I opted for an uplift and an implant replacement. I chose Dr. William Bruno in Beverly Hills. He was very professional. He had good reviews. He had a good bedside manner. He listened to me and, you know, he gave me options as to what that we could achieve together with my body. So let's talk about monetizing it. I did this for an investment to myself, but I also wanted to share the journey with the fans. So I documented the video footage of, you know, me going into surgery. Here I am in the car. Here I am coming out the other side. Oh, wow. This is the first reveal. Yes. You know, I really did. I come home and I had, they put me in a sports bra. I could barely move my arms. I, it, it was quite a big surgery for me. You know, they... They removed the old implants that were on top of the muscle. They had to remove, uh, there was a lot of calcification. So they were basically cutting them out from where they're attached to all my skin and my blood vessels. And then they had to make a pocket underneath the muscle and put the new implant in there. And they also put something called a, a, a galliflex. It's like a bit of a scaffold that kind of attached the muscle to my chest the, where, where my ribs are and what it does your own body builds the collagen in so after about 18 months it kind of disappears and you're left it just makes it stronger there was quite a lot of surgery that I had done Whew. <laughs> so coming home the sports bra on I had the gauze over and you know you can't take a shower for quite a few it's like 48 hours and then it's like okay you can you can take your shower now so I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to take the gauzes off. And I put the camera down, filming it on the iPhone. And there I was taking it off for the first time, revealing it, seeing what I looked like. So my face was genuine. You know, I was literally peeling the gauze off. The days following as well, I filmed different little videos of me showing what they're looking like now. And I made this video exclusively for my OnlyFans VIP members subscribers to my OnlyFans were able to get first eyes on my brand new boobs. I had a strategy in place for the big reveal and the early birds paid a premium before I went wide with it. Now, if you are thinking about augmentation but are afraid to change your looks, some of the top OnlyFans models have added enhancements to their benefit. You know, augmentation is not a dirty word. If you feel comfortable about it, get your tits done, get your ass done. But if you're gonna do it, make sure that you monetize it. When you first have surgery, what you see is not always so pretty. There are wounds, there's marks, you know, you look at it and it's like, wow, these will fade. Things are not gonna be in the final place. Time really does heal the body. When I first saw my boobs post-surgery, all I saw was like a right bloody mess with them spread. They were right up to the bone at the top of my chest, you know, the clavicle bone, all the way up there. They were deep into my armpit, like swollen into my armpit and all the way down my torso. I was like, whoa, <laughs> it's kind of kicking off a bit. I was like, what is this? It was like stuck on and spread. I had to take a step back and try and visualize the final result. The picture in my mirror is showing raw surgery. However, the beautiful end product is going to be exactly what I want. During the healing process, I had to take some time offline. So as I wasn't so active on the social media, you know, I had to pause the phone calls, the video chats, the custom movies, everything really. And this resulted in the fan traffic and the interactions slowing down online. So when I saw these interactions were down... Oh, my mind was like, you start overthinking and, you know, you have to stop yourself from that mindset. Don't go down the rabbit hole. Don't think about it because here's what happens. You know, I believe in what you put out there for the universe comes back to you. So if you start thinking all the thoughts or the traffic's down, the fans aren't coming. Oh my God, what am I going to do? This is, this is a, an effect that is not wanted now, 
by you putting it out there, by you thinking about it, now you're thinking about all that negativity coming. You got to stop it. You just got to nip it in the board. You just got to change yourself. You know, I knew that I was going to be coming back. I knew that I was going to be able to turn the phone calls on. I was going to be able to turn the video chats on. You just got to get past that. Don't think about the now and, you know, there's not as many interactions, how many people are liking the post, how many people are talking to me on Sex Panther, how many people are members of my OnlyFans. That wasn't important at the time. What was important is me taking the time off to heal. And sometimes you just need to take that time away. I've got the fans there asking me. Every week I normally go on my OnlyFans live. I do live chats. It's Tanya Tasty and Crumpet live chat. Every week the fans get to see me. They kept asking, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? And it feels like there's a lot of pressure. But don't give in to the pressure. You know, I would say each time I got asked, not quite ready, not quite ready. And the fans that really are your fans and they really want to see you, they will wait. You know, the first time I put the video chats back on, I press that button, I turn that button on for the video chats on Sex Panther. Still, I'm not fully healed. I'm wearing the bikini. Those fans... They were just so happy to see me and to, you know, have that interaction with me one-on-one. They didn't mind. The bikini was kind of still covering. They didn't mind. And that's what it's about. It's about having that mindset that you know it's going to be great. You know that the fans are going to come back. You know that taking that time out. Sometimes it's refreshing. You know, during the downtime, what did I do to keep my mind focused? I was able to do some meditation, some relaxation. And I actually took up doing crossword puzzles. One of my fans, he sent me um, like a crossword puzzle book. And I thought, oh, you've sent me like, you know, crossword puzzles as in solve the clue. And I thought, well, first of all, I, I spell in English, uh, British English spelling, not American English. And secondly, I'm not going to know the answers to these. But when I started flicking through the book, it was actually just filling the words in, like strategy, filling the words in and filling the numbers in. And I actually found it keeps you, it's a different way to keep you focused. You know, meditation can keep you focused, but really focusing on something else, that keeps your mind clear. But I did still keep interacting with my fans during the healing. And I told myself, really, this is the one thing that you need to tell yourself believe in yourself. Know that you can do it. Whatever you put your mind to, you can do it. And I knew I could get through this healing. And I even as I sit here, I'm still not fully healed. But you know what? The fans don't mind. And when all the scars are fully blended into my skin, that's the thought that's in my head right now about my boobs. When you are bringing something new to the table, such as change breasts, you know, you're thinking, how will they be received? But this is life, as in anything, bringing something new as a new chapter. It's a new beginning and it should be embraced. Tell yourself, am I happy with myself? Yes. Am I happy with the results? Okay. <laughs> so I'm still visualizing how my boobs are going to look. You know, it's not how they are right now. Think, picture it in your mind. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking of my boobs now, how they're going to look. Okay, hold on. <sighs> yeah, I can see them. They're looking amazing. Okay, eyes open. <laughs> this is what you need to do, I'm telling you now. Visualize it, put yourself there. How will my boobs look? Visualize it. Yes, yes, they look great. What about other people? Will they be disappointed? Well, you know what? It's really not for other people to decide. For me... Or even for you, it's up to you to make that choice. It's up to me to make that choice. Get that feeling inside you. You want to feel your best. Go with your gut instinct. Enjoy that joyful feeling. Remove all the nervous feelings. Get rid of all the uncertainty. And, you know, it's not going to go away because even as I'm sitting here telling you, you know, I'm still saying, or what will the fans think about it? You know, someone may or may not like them. These thoughts go through your head, but you know what? How do you get rid of those thoughts? They're not going to go away. 
They're going to be there because I've just asked them. What you've got to do is simply focus on the best possible outcome. Focus on that. And that will result in what you want to make happen. We can all do this. Believe in yourself. Coming up next. No, I will not marry you. No, I'm not living in Kansas. No, I am not getting on a plane to come and meet you. None of this is true and none of this is happening. Does this sound familiar? Is someone stealing your profile or identity or are they stealing your content? If you are frustrated with pirates, I have my guest coming up. Reba Rocket, Chief Operating Officer, Chief Marketing Officer of Takedown Piracy. We will discuss our thoughts on what you can do to put a stop to other people using your copyrighted content. You are listening to Tanya Tay Presents MILF's Making Money. And this week we are discussing how to protect your stolen content from being used by pirates. Piracy is a massive problem online. The media that you, the creator, has made is suddenly appearing in many places online without your permission. They can be found all over the internet from search engines, file lockers, torrents, blogs, forums, social media, and even dating websites. So what can you do as a creator to take an axe and start whacking away at removing those copyright infringements? My guest to help share some of the ways to get your stolen content eliminated is Reba Rocket, Chief Operating Officer, Chief Marketing Officer for Takedown Piracy, the industry leader in copyright enforcement, content protection, anti-piracy services. Thank you, Reba, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited that we get you on today to just help educate creators on some of the things that they can do to protect themselves. So Reba, why don't you tell me a little bit about Takedown Piracy and Clip Sentry Services and what you do for content creators? Sure thing. So Takedown Piracy was created by Nate Glass about uh, 12 years ago. He's been in the industry for 24 five years-ish, and was working in sales. And the more he went out to sell content for uh, the studio that he was working for, the more he was hearing this refrain of, well, you know, we're not selling as much because people are getting it for free on the internet. He started looking into DMCA services and founded Takedown Piracy. So for about the first 10 years, the bulk of our business was big studios and clip stores. And then a few years ago, when I joined the company, I started noticing more and more that there were clip stores or campsites or independent producers who were not finding adequate protection for their content. So we brainstormed with our tech partner and we started Clip Sentry, which is a service that provides All of the same services the big studios and clip stores are provided by Takedown Piracy, but it's designed specifically for independent content producers who produce on places like OnlyFans, and it's priced accordingly for those independent producers. Right. So I remember back when I started my website, I had tanyatate.com, it's my website, and that's how I first knew Nate. I I got him on board to help with my website, tanyatate.com. And, you know, we've, we, you're right, we've progressed from there, Reva, and, you know, you've seen it. A lot of people are using not just websites, which is like the traditional way that a creator performer would make money. We're now going on to the clip sites and the sites such as OnlyFans. You know, for me, I use OnlyFans and Sex Panther, um, but there are a lot of clip sites out there. And, you know, recognizing that content creators, we do have our content online and they just take it, you know, yeah. the people just take it. And when you look at it and you think all that, it's not just the big production companies are losing money, you know, we're losing money. We have to protect it. We have to do something, you know, a fan wants to see my brand new content right now. The only place that they should see that is on my OnlyFans 
or on my Sex Panther. It, it shouldn't be out there. A hundred percent. Yeah. Tell me some of the places where content creators might see their content reposted. So I think the shorter list is where they wouldn't. Uh, the minute you post your content and put it online, chances are somebody is going to pirate it. So the places that we see the most and the places that we monitor the most are search engines. So places like Google, Torrents, file lockers, places like keep to share uh, to give you an idea of how big a problem file lockers can be. We added keep to share to our monitoring last summer, the end of last summer, and we have already removed 3 million infringements from just that one file locker. Wow. Their independent producers can find their stuff on blogs, forums, social media, dating site, tube sites. It's everywhere. And even though some of the more traditional, quote, mainstream sites like Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or YouTube claim to be or appear to be sort of non-sex worker friendly, that is such a burgeoning and prolific marketplace for pirated content these days. It is, you know, just like going back to the regular social media, the amount of times each day that someone pretends that they are me. You know, I've literally got fans, oh, you know, is this your private account? Like, no, it's not my private account. These are my accounts. You know, as a performer, you have to protect your name and your brand. You know, I put it up there. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. I don't I don't use Facebook. They definitely do not like sex workers. So for me, you know, Twitter, I'm verified on Twitter at Tanya Tate. And I've, I've just made a new Instagram account, Tanya Tate XO. And, you know, I try and like share like one link is on the other place so if you click on one you can kind of click across them all and you can see well okay that's their twitter that's their instagram there's a link tree and on the link tree i try and put it on there but still no matter how many times you put it there there's still people that are being duped into thinking there she is there's her she's got a different name oh but they're your pictures well yeah of course they're my pictures because people just go online they find my content and they repost it and they use them to make fake profiles you know so you've just really highlighted two very important things so there's a couple of different ways that pirates will use social media one is just to share and monetize your content. They've ripped your content from, for example, OnlyFans or Sex Panther, wherever they've gotten it. And they are either posting it somewhere and selling ads against it. They're using it to build their account and sell ads, or they're flat out selling those clips maybe at a discounted rate to people who want your content, or they're just giving it away for free, which I will never understand. Then there's these catfish accounts, these accounts that are designed to be impersonating, and they are literally just stealing money from people. They're pretending to be you, and they've got a Venmo or a cash app, and they are impersonating the sex worker and engaging in conversations and getting money from viewers. And what's interesting is, you know, I have an unusual name. My name is Reba Rocket. It's really my name. But when I joined Facebook, I had to send them a copy of my ID. They didn't believe it was a real name, but it yeah. seems like they're handing out candy when in terms of these catfishing or fake or impersonating accounts, and they make it incredibly difficult to get those accounts removed. So it's kind of, you know, new territory for everybody in the industry. We found some ways to really make it difficult for them. But yeah, we even get on our contact forms, people will hit us up and go, is this really Tanya's account? You know, because they found an impersonating account somewhere and they think it's you. And they'll say, well, we've been sending this account money for two years. Yeah. And it's not you. It's not me. It's really sad. You know, a lot of people, you know, they believe that that is that person. You know, my, my pictures are there. The account gets made. And, you know, next minute there's a conversation going on. The fake profiles asking for cash. You know, I see them a lot on the social media sites because the fans are saying, is this you? And I say no. But by that time, some fans have already handed over money. 
you know, sometimes I literally get people coming. They'll join up Sex Panther because they, they've come to a point where they can no longer get in touch with the fake profile. So there's, you know, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram and they've been sending this person money, you know, like you say, Venmo or Cash App, they've been sending the money and suddenly, you know, it must get too hard <laughs> for the fake profile. They're in too deep. So they end up, they've got money from the suspect, you know, or the victim. They've got money from the victim, so they, they, they just block them. So the victim is desperate now to try and find, where, where can I find her? And they realize, oh, she's on Sex Panther. They will come to me on Sex Panther and it'll be like, oh, why did you block me on WhatsApp? Yeah. And the worst of it is all of this piracy is taking money out of your pocket. And when you started this podcast today, you said, you know, we're talking about protecting your content and making more money. If you owned a store, a brick and mortar store that sold DVDs of your content, you would not leave the door wide open and just welcome people in and let them walk out with your content. So part of this has to be people changing their mindset and recognizing that I view it as little bags of money flying out the window. Somebody else is profiting from the hard work that you did. And that is never okay. And they did it without your consent, which is never okay. Exactly. You, you know, as I, I think about, you know, the guy, then he comes to me and he's talking to me on Sex Panther. Well, if you'd have not given the fake, that all that cash, then you would have been able to spend it right now on Sex Panther talking to me and actually having a conversation with me one-on-one -on -one, phone calls, texting, you know, mm. video chats, you could have done it all there and then without realizing that you've been duped. Yeah, it's, it's predatorial at best. They're preying on you as the sex worker, as the content producer, and they're preying on your fans. Exactly. And, you know, I have some really good fans. You know, I have a small little group of fans that are constantly, every single day, they're on that social media. They're looking out for fake profiles of mine and they tell me and I see them. Okay, so let's look at me as a performer. So there I am, the content's online, the people take it, they repost it. So suddenly I, it, it's easy for me to see stuff, you know, on social media. I, I can see it on Twitter. I can see it on Instagram. I can do searches but I'm not really going to sit there all day long and start searching on the torrent sites. I mean, I don't really know what torrent sites are about. I don't use them. I don't use those lockers. I, I, I don't sit there and start scrolling. But I know it's out there because people will tell me or I'll see things that are reposted with different logos on. Um, so, so I know, I, I see it. So now, at some point, I'm going to find that this content is stolen. So... What should I do now? What is the next step that I should do once I find the content is stolen? So obviously, this is a shameless plug. I mean, first of all, if you are producing content, it is likely getting pirated, whether you find it or not. You know, you're a pretty famous person in the industry. And so putting your name on the content when they pirate it is to their advantage because people are looking for Tanya Tate. If it is somebody who is maybe not quite as well known, and even your content, because you've seen this in the copies of the DMCA notices we send you, if you were to go, for example, to a file locker and type in your name, you might find some of the content that has been titled with your name. But pirates are creative. They will title a video that they've stolen ABC XYZ or brunette with big boobs. And I'm telling you, if you do a search on any platform for hot brunette with big boobs, you will never get any work done for the rest of the week because it will bring up hundreds and hundreds of thousands of search results. For example, we use digital fingerprinting. And what that means is we're taking little bits of visual data from your video and we're creating a fingerprint that our software can view. And we've done the same thing with over 150 million tube videos. So we are able to play the match game all day long. And even if your video has been stolen and put up on a tube site and they've named it ABCXYZ, our system has de-anonymized it and it finds that content. So to back up a little and, and answer your question more specifically, what should people do? The 
first thing is change your mindset. Close the doors to your store and stop letting everybody walk in, take what they want for free and sell it somewhere else. This is something that you've put your heart and soul into and your hard work. So treat it like something that you want to protect. Find somebody who knows what they are doing when it comes to anti-piracy or copyright enforcement. There are some people out there that will offer to look for and find it for free. What I can tell you is you're getting what you pay for. You know, they their heart is in the right place, but they don't understand all of the nuances of the anti-piracy protocol and industry. And frankly, either a company who is inexperienced or uneducated can get you as a content producer into trouble if on your behalf that company issues a DMCA notice that they should not have issued or they are, you know, taking your money and not doing the job that they're promising you. So that's first and foremost, change your mindset. Second is find somebody who really truly knows what they're doing. Ask your friends who they use. Do your due diligence. Look at their Google transparency report, look at their website, look and see what they've done and talk to them. If you can't talk to a person from that company, run the other direction because somebody at that company should have the courtesy and respect for you as a content producer to be available to talk to you when you need answers. And for you um, at Clip Century, you know, I, I put up a tweet and, you know, one of my colleagues replied back and straight away, Reba, you're like, yeah, I'm here. And I love that, you know, Nate is trusted. You know, he's the original founder of the company. He was recommended to me. I've seen him at many different, you know, conventions and industry events. I've seen him speaking on different panels and obviously now yourself coming onto the company as well. You know, you're out there, you're like a trusted company. And for me, the results, it's just, you know, I see things getting taken down. Thank you. It's amazing. And it's like shocking at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Because you you, you don't really realize. I've got a group message going on right now on my Instagram. And we've got about 30 fake Tanya Tate profiles in there. And, you know, we're going to sit and we're going to try and get rid of them. But at some point, you know, there's only so much that I can do. You know, I can sit there, I can try and get Facebook to take them down. Facebook don't really take much notice of me. They just, it's kind of like really frustrating as a performer to sit there and be like, this is me and all these profiles, they're all like just going on and just pretending to be me and people are talking to them. I'm like, it's not them. It's like the falling on deaf ears. I can go online and there's, you know, I see Instagram, you know, if there's a fake profile, this is what you do. Facebook, this is what you do. And, you know, even some of the other sites as well. You know, regarding places like Facebook, it this is something that we take personally. Sex workers are not treated fairly full stop. There is a sort of guised slut shaming because the platforms that carry their content, whether it's a legitimate place or a place like Facebook, letting somebody pirate your content for whatever reason, you know, it's not like if you were Jennifer Aniston, for example, and Jennifer Aniston reached out to Facebook and said, this is a fake profile, chances are they're going to do backflips trying to get her taken care of immediately. But when it's a sex worker, they're treated differently. We take that personally. We are part of this industry. And so for some reason, they do seem to treat us as a company differently Even though we are representing clients who are sex workers, there is something about the takedown piracy name and Nate's reputation because he has built a reputation of not just being honest and doing what he's supposed to do, but being knowledgeable. I'll share with you, I was watching a panel recently and I won't name names, but there was somebody who owns a company that quote, does what we do. And they were talking about how the DMCA is a way to enforce trademarks. Well, it's absolutely not. In fact, the DMCA does not allow for you to use it to enforce a trademark. 
So I sometimes wonder if our company is the only company that's actually read the DMCA law, but it's important to, you know, if we're going to go to battle for sex workers and for protecting your content, we have to be on our game all the time. Anybody who you employ to protect your content and act as your DMCA enforcer, you have got to trust that they not only know the law, but they know what they're doing and they're going to protect you with everything that they do. Exactly. And a DMCA, some people will be sitting there listening going, what is DMCA? Can you... Ah explain it in a really condensed, easy way. Sure thing. So DMCA stands for Digital Millennium Copyright Act. You can Google it if you want, but essentially it is a US law that says if you have created something and you own the copyright, then you have a right to dictate where and when that content is shared or monetized. So that's it in a nutshell. Right. So what you're doing at Clip Century for the creators is sending DMCA notices to the different platforms where the content is and asking them, you know, this is the law and this is what we found and we're requesting you to take this down. Correct. We're finding the content. We are verifying that it is in fact your content. We also verify that it's, you know, not on one of your legitimate profiles or channels. Sometimes the content creator will reach out and say, how come you didn't find this URL? It's my content. And we'll look at it and we'll go, yeah, honey, it's your profile <laughs> on, on this. You know, do you really want us to issue you a DMCA notice? So we don't want to ever issue a notice to something that's legitimately yours or one of your affiliates. And also there is something in the United States called fair use. So if, for example, BuzzFeed was doing a story about the industry and they were referencing you and they put your picture up and it was a picture that you had taken and posted on OnlyFans, that's probably fair use because they are using it as part of a news story or if somebody is using it as part of true commentary. So we actually physically put our eyes on every single infringement that we find to make sure that it is not part of that fair use. Because can you imagine, Tanya, if we sent a DMCA notice to BuzzFeed <laughs> or Huffington Post? So you have to be, you know, you have to be diligent and, and really verify everything. So it's not just an automated system. You know, there's a lot of automation in there with the digital fingerprint, but then you still manually look at the things before they get sent out. 100%. We look at every single infringement. And I will tell you, there's different pieces to reporting. One of them is issuing the DMCA notices to the various sites. And there's also what people have come to call delisting on Google. So if there is a URL on Google, we can get that removed, especially somebody like us, we're a trusted user. What's very interesting though, and I love this, and it is not the be all end all, but it is an indicator. There is something called the Google Transparency Report. It is public. It is published on Google and you can literally type into Google, Google Transparency Report, and it'll pull up a big page and you can click on the content delisting. It'll tell you the removal rate of any company. You can go into that content delisting and type in takedown piracy and it'll pull us up and you can see we're about an 86% removal rate on Google. On other sites besides Google, we have a 99% removal rate. But we found about six months ago that Google was doing something when they were uh, accepting our notices, they were negating some of them. And so we went to them and say, hey, you, you know, you, you're showing that this isn't an index, but here's a video. You can see that it is. And six months later, they came back and they said, you're right. From now on, we'll make sure and count those. And we said, great. What about the last six months? And they said, well, you know, we'll let you know. But uh, our nearest quote competitor, and I'm doing air quotes that you can't see, has about a 36% removal rate. So again, it's not the be all difference. end all, but it is very indicative. And I wanted to ask you, Reba, you know, you mentioned the DMCA, it's it's a US law. Now I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, okay, so I I, I live in the US and my, my content's made here. But what about if some content 
is pirated and the website is based in a different country or they've uploaded it from a different country does that change the way that you have to report it for us it has not changed the way we need to report what it does do however though is give some sites that are hosted particularly in places like Russia or hosted Dutch hosted the Dutch have a very laissez-faire attitude towards piracy they don't really care. And Russia, there's a lot of cyber crime that's associated. That said, we do get cooperation from Russian and Dutch hosted sites, not all of them, but some of them. And although they are not, quote, bound by DMCA law, they do have policies that allow us to send them a notice and say, hey, this is infringing on a U.S. copyright. And they go, okay, we're going to remove it. Well, that's good to know because it's, you know, sitting here as a creator, you think anything of yours can be put worldwide. Yeah. I mean, the fact is if it's on the Pirate Bay, there's nothing I can do for you. Even Disney cannot get content removed from the Pirate Bay. They're hosted in another country. They do not care about piracy. But again, we go back to the the example of the store. If my store has something stolen, I don't just throw up my hands and go, okay, we'll take everything. I try to protect as much as I can, knowing that occasionally somebody's going to put something under their jacket and sneak out the door going to happen. So talk to me about the success rate. And, you know, I want to hear my stats as well. (laughs) So we just started doing anti-piracy for you about a month and a half ago, if memory serves. And we have already removed, not just reported, it's, and this is an important point to make. When I talked about doing your due diligence, look at people's rate of removal, not rate of reporting. Because anybody can report something, it's getting it removed that matters. But we have removed for you almost 7,000 infringements already. Wow. So that's not just reported, that's actual removals. And, you know, you mentioned Clip Sentry, which is a service that you use, one of our yeah. takedown piracy services. You actually have a dashboard there. So you can actually go to your dashboard and there'll be a little pie chart and it'll show you how many removals came from torrents and file lockers and how many were tube sites and what percent didn't come down. We also give you a copy of every single DMCA notice that we send out. It's a blind email copy. And so you can literally click on a link. If we've got a you know an email with links in it, you can click on it and see, oh yeah, it says no longer available or this was removed. We don't hide anything from our clients. We have full transparency because uh, we want you to be invested in what we're doing, right? We want you to know this is where my stuff's getting pirated. This is where it's getting removed. Sometimes clients will want to get a lawyer involved. We're not attorneys, so we can't give you legal advice. I mean, we can't represent you in law. But some of our clients have actually gone after sites, and we are great evidence producers. So if we've issued notices to the same site over and over, and you've got that list, you can take it to your attorney and go, you know, here's 400 URLs that didn't come down from the site that should be complying. What can I do? Right. Yeah. I like that I can log in. You know, you've told me the the figures there, but I can log in and I can actually see. And I do sometimes I see those emails with the DMCA notices. And I, you know, I think, oh, I'll just have a little click. And I literally see like the whole of like, my website is up somewhere else. And I look and I go, I can see straight away where they've taken it from, you know, because I don't put the same content on every place. And you'll also notice when you see those that we kind of go the extra mile. And, you know, we were talking about the Google Transparency Report. I was looking at a company that sent notices for people And I said, gosh, I don't recognize any of these names. Well, the reason I didn't recognize them is because they were the producer's real legal names. They're providing that information to pirates, sometimes to Russian pirates, you know, cyber criminals in different countries. Although 
what we do, we use our own address, we use our company address, and we use your performer name. So we're not giving any of your secrets or compromising your security by sharing information we shouldn't be sharing with, you know, the pirate sites or the pirates. Yeah, I, I remember like when I've had to, you know, in the past when I when I didn't have your services, and I would try and go on the site and I'd see something. I'd think, oh, they've taken that from my OnlyFans. And I'd go in and it does, it asks for your information. And, you know, I'm kind of smart. <laughs> I put in <laughs> my stage name, but I think some people would probably be thinking they have to put the real name in. And it does, it says this information will be or may be given to the person whose count is posting you yeah. know, your stolen content and you're thinking, well, hold on a minute, I'm making a complaint and now you're going to release to them my personal information, my cell phone number, my address, my legal name. That always shocked me. But, you know, luckily I, I had, you know, a, a mailbox, I have a stage name and I had an email address that I don't use <laughs> to talk to anybody. On. I love that you brought this up because, um, you know, we were in L.A. at a show together a couple of years ago. Seems like 100 years ago now. Right. Oh, yeah. And yeah. probably, you know, people always ask me, like, what's the biggest problem with piracy? You know, what's the biggest block for, for combating piracy? And it's probably misinformation and it's shared amongst industry people. So when we were at that show, I was in a panel and somebody stood up and said, well, yeah, I'm not going to send a DMCA notice because I have to use my legal name and address and phone number. And that's absolutely not true. We use our information and we use performer names, but that person shared that information and I had to jump up and say, whoa, they're wildfire. That's not right. But, you know, industry forums will share bad information. People talk to each other on chat rooms or on social media and that bad information gets shared and shared and shared. Look, I don't care if you're using us or not. I'm available for information. If you have a question, you can go to the contact form on Takedown Piracy or on clipcentry.com send me a question. I'll answer it. If it's something that I can answer for you, get your information about piracy and anti-piracy from a professional. Yeah, I, I like that. And thank you, Reva, for offering that because I'm sure there are some people that are sitting there listening to this now thinking, oh, I do have a question, a really simple question. You know, they might not be ready to get a service or they, you know, it might not be something that they want or going to go ahead with right now. But it's nice that you've you know, holding your hand out and saying, you know, if you've got a question, ask me, you, you know, you're willing to, to be there for them. It's one of our company missions. I mean, you know, yes, we have a business that we own and operate. But, you know, like I said, Nate's been in the industry for 25 years. It's a passion for us. We feel a kindred, a kindred spirit among other people in the industry. And we want to be a resource not just for protecting content, but for educating or for supporting or for being an ally. So that's why you see us everywhere, because it's not just about promoting our business. It's also about letting people know, hey, we're here for you. We know that you have questions. We know that you need help. And if we can give back that way on any level, it's our pleasure to do. I, I love that. So amazing. And Reva, I do remember us being together in, on that panel in the industry event. And I can remember specifically the guy standing up saying about his legal name. Yeah. And it, was, it was like, no, you don't have to do yeah. it. Don't There's, give the pirates your real name and address and phone number. Yep. it's There's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, so we, we try to help with that. Yeah, you, you do. You help a lot. So I want to ask you, are there any surprising things that content creators need to know about what you found? You know, is there anything that's yeah. like shocking? There's a lot of shocking things. I'll just hit on a couple. One of the biggest misconceptions is that Piracy is just misguided fans, you know, they just, they want to share. No, the reality is the overwhelming amount of piracy is 
financially incentivized. People are making money off of your product. So when you see uploaders uploading to places like Keep to Share or, you know, any other torrent or file locker, they're making money off that content. The new generation of tube sites, this is probably the most shocking. Everybody, if you're not sitting down for this part of the podcast, you need to sit down because I'm going to drop some knowledge and it may hurt a little bit. You ready? So here's the deal. Tube sites are plastered with ads on the content on that site. Even if it says user uploaded, it might be uploaded by the admin of that site, or it may be uploaded by a pirate. And this is the most unfortunate thing. There are companies in the industry, big companies, who have more money than anybody could spend in a lifetime or two. And I cannot tell you how many times we find that company's ad on a pirated video of one of our clients on a known pirate site. Sometimes, even after we have notified that company and said, hey, your ads are on this person's content, they will repeatedly act like they didn't know. Or they'll say, well, let us get back to you and we never hear from them. Occasionally they will say, okay, we saw it. We're going to let our ad, you know, provider know. Or they'll go, oh gosh, you know, it's a third party ad provider. We didn't know. But these are companies, just as an example, and I will not name names. It's very easy to find this out. Cam sites, as an example. So the cam site, say you're a performer you perform on the cam site, you're already giving them a percentage of your money, right? When you do a cam show, the site on which you do your cam show gets a percentage, correct? Exactly. Then a pirate rips that content. You know, maybe it's the person that you were having the cam show with, they recorded it, they ripped it, and then they put it up on a tube site. We will find that video and the same cam site where you produced that video or you shared that video that took that percentage is also running an ad on that very pirated video. And to this day, I have never heard a client or a performer say, oh yeah, that cam store, they gave me a percentage of the ad revenue they got from that pirated video. I've never heard that happen, but I have seen client after client after client look shocked when they find out that the very place that they're already making money is sort of not just double dipping, but sort of, I mean, it's worse than double dipping. It's almost, oh, I don't even know a nice way to say it, but it's, it's a huge problem. And I think a lot of people would be very surprised if they knew exactly how much it occurred. Yeah, for, for me as a, you know, as a as a performer, my eyes are really closed, you know. I see little snippets of it. And I think I'm quite smart, but I still only see little snippets of it. And you know, I I remember many years ago all the all the industry girls, the site we used was Streammate. I can name names because I use that site. And people, you would be doing a live show and, you know, there was the, the technology that you could also stream it on your website. Literally, I'd have people would be hacking into the, that were not members of the website. And I'm like, okay, well, you're not a member of my website, yet suddenly you're appearing, sitting there. And, you know, these people would go in, they'd, they'd hack in, they'd steal your content, and then they'd repost it somewhere else. You would tell Streammate, and it was like deaf ears. It was literally deaf ears. They took a massive a massive whack of percentage off you as well and never protected any of us, the performers. Well, so two things about that. You know, first of all, we did a webinar for a big performer group, industry performer group about two months ago. And the president of that group, with her permission, I found three, with just the most simple search, found three of her OnlyFans videos on three different pirate sites with three different campsites running ads against it. The other thing is, 
at that same show that you and I were at, in that very same panel that we were talking about, there was somebody there who is in charge of a campsite. And, you know, I kind of politely said, hey, well, what are you going to do about piracy? And he said, we're going to talk. For two years, I've been Skyping with them. For two years, I have sent them all kinds of information about how we can protect their content, and it would cost them $1 per cam model on their platform, $1 per performer, and they still have not engaged services. So whether it's just that they're making so much money, they don't care. Frankly, some of these companies sponsor a lot of shows. And they give away a lot of awards. And so people have that kind of warm, fuzzy feeling. And it's almost like cartoon of somebody shaking your hand with one hand and putting their hand in your pocket with the other and pulling your wallet out, right? So until the industry sort of gets together as a group and decides to affect change, it's just us shouting, hey, everybody, look at this. So we're going to have to get enough people pissed off enough about it to really enact change. And to think about it, you know, they're the companies that are already taking money off us, then the content's getting stolen, it's getting reposted. And by posting ads, they're getting paid, like whether it's per click, they're getting paid. So it's another kickback, but they really need to do something about that. And Thinking about that, you know, how many of those guys, if that webcam show was not reposted, how many of those guys would then have had to come across to pay to view your webcam show at that time? You know, I do OnlyFans live shows and to be able to see my OnlyFans live show, you have to be a member of my OnlyFans. So if somebody's seeing my live show somewhere else, they're getting to see that for free that's stopping them from coming and joining my OnlyFans. So I'm potentially losing money. And it's so hard. It's like you sit there and you think, how much potential revenue are us, the creators, losing due to piracy? Yeah, so this is a great question. So first of all, you're, you could not be more right. It is tantamount to going to a lovely restaurant. And if they, the chef came up at the end and said, it's on me, you wouldn't say, no, no, let me give you your money. So there are some people, hands down, they're never going to pay for porn. They're just not. It's a small percentage. The rest of the people are going to pay for it one way or another, whether it's through um, clicking on an ad or for um, going to, you know, joining your group. It is impossible to quantify. I know there are some companies and they're like, we saved our clients $8 million. Like, I, I don't know where they pulled that out of, but I have an idea. <laughs> um, and it's the place where they sit down on. But it is imp- <laughs> it's impossible to like actually quantify how much money somebody loses to piracy. What they can know is every time somebody is getting their content for free, they are less likely to pay for it legitimately. That's the bottom line. But it's yeah. different for everybody, right? Somebody popular like you you probably have more to lose than somebody who's brand new to the industry. They just posted their first OnlyFans video. You know, they're kind of building their following, right? So that's that's impossible to quantify. Yeah, it's like, you know, I've done um, many, many movies and it's all over the internet. And, you know, the fans are like, when can we see your content? Well, I make it every single day. It's up there. And if you're on my OnlyFans or you come and talk to me on Sex Panther, it's there. I will send it to you. It's there for you. But, you know, you've got to make the step and go across there. But what they want is me to go and shoot a scene for a company that's going to put it on a tube site for free. Well, you know, if I'm going to do that with a company, then I'm going to choose that one company. and I'm going to make sure that it's beneficial financially to me. And, you know, for me coming back, it, it, it would be a big thing. And I did my first girl-girl scene with Phoenix Marie. We did it as an exclusive scene 
for both of our OnlyFans and we put it up there. And you know, for the guys, if you want to see my first scene back in the industry with another girl, that is the place that you should be coming to. You know, it shouldn't be up there on any website. Reva's like making a note, Tanya Tate, Phoenix <laughs> girl, girl, see right. She's like, she's going to put that extra into the search to get that. If it's up there, it will be dragged down, you know, yeah. and it, it was one amazing scene. And I want that, you know, the fans need to know. If you're a true fan, you will go and you will support that creator. Don't go on the tube sites. Don't go looking for it for free. It's not fair. You know, we have to eat. We are business people, you know. Yeah. I don't go in the supermarket and expect to bring all my shopping home for free. So there's there's two things about that. First of all, I love that you brought this up because one of the things with our digital fingerprinting, we're not just looking at stuff that was uploaded yesterday or last week. We have what we call our time machine. Our digital fingerprinting literally looks 10 years back. So if something was posted 10 years ago and we fingerprinted that content for you, our system is going to find it. You know, the other thing is we need to start looking at what we produce and the internet as business. This is a business, right? It's important to respect what you do yourself. Have, you know, have that swagger and own that you put work and time and your body and your energy. I seriously, Tanya, do not know when you sleep because I follow you on Twitter. <laughs> and I mean, you've got, you know, I'm Sex Panther here and OnlyFans now. And I'm like, good gravy. She has been at it all day. I want what she's having. You're too kind. It's, a, <laughs> it's trying to multitask and it's, you know, trying to get people to help you, you know, clip entry you guys help me you know and it's trying to like prepare stuff and get it up in advance and a little bit of everything and I, I like what I do you know and I yeah. love giving the advice here out to everyone and you know I want to be inspirational and I want to be positive and I want to give solutions and I, I love that you know you surround yourself with good people and Reva you are also one of those good people mm -hmm. as well. Aw, I'm making the little heart shape with my hands, heart hands. It's oh. so sweet. I love that. <laughs> I'll send Thank them you. Back. <laughs> She's like, hey. <laughs> One thing too that you know I, I think is is very important is that as a producer, you should do what makes you money. And I always use the example. I love to do think work with my hands. I'm incredibly handy. I replaced all four window regulators on my Jeep a few years ago. So I can do stuff. But you know what? That doesn't make me money. So I hire somebody when something goes wrong with my car now. And while they're doing that, I do the things that cultivate my business and my revenue. As a content producer, I've had people tell me the untold hours they spend doing what our service and our systems can do in minutes. So I don't know why, instead of producing content, which makes you money, why you would want to drive yourself crazy and pull your hair out, searching for your content, finding your content, figuring out how to send a DMCA notice to that particular channel, figuring out if they're going to respond or not, you know, making sure you've jumped through all the hoops properly. That is just money down the drain. I totally agree. And I love that you've put it, it's just a perfect wrap up. I want to have a moment to say thank you so much for what you do. I mean, look, you are wildly popular just because you're you and you're delightful and you're delicious and everybody loves you. But as you said, surrounding yourself with good people, you are one of those good people. I love to see you and how you give back and how you mentor and how you just are this shining example of what people in the industry should look like, both physically and mentally and emotionally and business-wise. You've just got this beautiful package all wrapped up in you. So thank you for that. Reva, you are so amazing and so sweet. Oh. And, you know, <laughs> I see that. I see that all back in you. And I really, really thank you for coming on. I was going to wrap it up, but you know, Reba, you've wrapped it up perfectly. Content creators, make sure that you sit down and you really seriously consider investing in protecting your store and protecting your content. 
everything's getting stolen from the store, that's money that's getting stolen out of pocket. And that is your money. That is your cash. Absolutely. And you should not be giving it away. If you're giving it away, maybe find a different line of work because what you do is valuable. It has value and you are the one who should profit from that. Perfect. Know your value. Exactly. Reba, where can everybody find you and follow you online? I am everywhere. So you can find me on Twitter, either at, at Takedown Piracy or, and it's Takedown, all one word, T-A-K-E-D-O-W-N, Piracy, Takedown Piracy, at Reba Rocket, R-E-B-A-R-O-C-K-E-T. Or if you go to either of our websites, takedownpiracy.com or clipcentury.com, there are contact forms on both of those sites and they go right to me. Thank you so much, Reva. It's been amazing having you, Clip Century, Takedown Piracy on the MILFs Making Money podcast. Thank you for joining me here, Tanya Tate on Tanya Tate Presents MILFs Making Money. It's my very own podcast. And do you have a question that you want to ask? Or maybe there's a tip that you want me to discuss using the hashtag AskTanyaTate. You can tweet me at Tanya Tate, post on my latest Instagram post at TanyaTateXO or leave a comment on youtube.com slash tube. You can also leave a voice message on my speakpipe.com slash tanyatate. You might also get mentioned on the show. If you want to find all of my links, go to my link tree. It's simply my name. This is Tanya Tate. Hope you are having a wonderfully amazing, fantastic week. Thanks for listening to MILF's Making Money. Now go out there and get paid. <laughs>